So often when people think of Halloween, they think of kids and costumes, trick-or-treating, you know, the, the, the jovial childlike qualities of the holiday. It's a family holiday. But somewhere along the lines... The message got twisted and the adults enjoy Halloween just as much, if not more, than the kids. So as I was preparing this story and getting the details and facts, um, I had to identify a theme. And my theme for this week is childhood and how such a once innocent holiday can cause the end of your childhood. We are in Pasadena, Texas in 1974. It is Halloween and after experiencing a bit of a rainy afternoon, Ronald O'Brien decided to take his two children, Timothy, eight years old, and Elizabeth, five years old, out trick-or-treating. A neighbor by the name of Jim Bates and his two children accompanied the O'Brien family. It is still a bit wet and almost dusk, so the kids are anxious to hit as many houses as possible. And you know how that is. You know, you get out of school, your mom get off late, you got to hair throw on some makeup costume and just go. You got to get the candy when the candy is getting good. The group reached one house, which the light was turned off, but the kids decided to still knock on the door. There was no answer, so the quartet of children quickly went to the next house. I mean, they had no time to waste. Jim tagged closely behind, but Ronald said he started to follow, but saw the house open his door. When he caught up to the kids and his friend, he exclaimed, Jim, you sure have some rich neighbors around here, as he passed out four 16-inch pixie sticks. You have two types of pixie sticks. You have the one that come in the, the little paper tubes, and then you have the one that comes in the long plastic tube and i love pixie sticks it's one of my guilty pleasures um they have the red the orange the purple the blue the flavors have changed since i was a kid but let me tell you something i'm still fuck up the blue <laughs> the gang continued for a couple more blocks but only able to hit approximately two streets total before heading back On the way, Ronald saw one of his child members from church and gave him the extra pixie stick he had. Everybody split ways and went home. Now, I have four kids, so I know what it's like trying to get your kids to rein in and focus before they ask for this candy okay they done sat here and walked around knocked on these people door and beg for candy they want that candy but let me tell you something you gotta eat first you better make sure that homework done you better take you a bath because this candy is gonna be your last little treat before you went to bed and i imagine the o'brien household was very much the same so when it came to that one piece of candy timothy really wanted the long tube of sugar that pixie stick 
So Timothy had a little trouble getting the sugars tube open. Um, you already know if it's the plastic tube, it's already a little difficult. You gotta kind of bend and rip apart. And he ate, so your hands little. I still struggle a little bit. I be using my teeth. So he already asked his dad for help to open it. But when he opened it, the sugar wasn't, you know, pouring straight out. Because, you know, it depends what kind of kid you are, right? There's some kids who pour it in their hand and then they lick their hand. And there's some kids who pour it straight down the throat. Because I don't really like licking my hands. I mean, I wash my hands and all, but let me just put it straight in my throat. <laughs> anyway so he tell his dad like yo this is kind of sticking it ain't working so ronald gets the tube and roll it between his hands like this you feel me you hear me you know like that bird man hand rub you feel me i slick imagine him you know rolling it between his hands like he's trying to you know loosen up the tobacco and the black and mild but that's just the hood imagery for me <laughs> timothy was too thirsty for this candy okay because by the time he got it like god damn did you just hear that process after this long process he went ahead and just poured it straight down his throat you know like a real soldier would when he swallowed the sugar he quickly complained of a bitter taste it was kind of nasty and if you know pixie stick that is not on brand <laughs> so ronald gave him a cup of Kool-Aid. And I'm fucking confused, bitch. Because is we putting this nigga to bed or is we having him run around the whole motherfucking house for a couple hours? Because not no sugar and Kool-Aid is going to happen after dinner before bed. That just don't sound like smart parenting. But it ain't my business. <laughs> but even after the drink, Timothy started vomiting and convulsing violently. Someone called 911 and he was rushed to the hospital. But sadly, eight year old Timothy was dead on arrival. It was quickly determined little Timothy died of poisoning because of the sweet, ominous smell on his breath. So when the police got there, they immediately questioned the family like, what did he eat? What was the last thing he consumed? Is there any more around the house? And yes, it was the pixie stick. That was the last thing they all knew he consumed. So they went ahead and took the one from Elizabeth. You know, Ronald was like, oh, Jim, two kids got them too. So they went to the Bates house, got those pixie sticks. And he was like, oh, and I gave it to a, um, a little boy from my church too. Crazy thing is, thank God they went to his house and got it because this boy was fighting to get his pixie stick open. When they actually got to his house, he had fallen asleep with that tube gripped in his hand, but you see he had kind of chewed at the top trying to open it. So he was this close to having the same fate as eight-year-old Timothy. When news got around the small Texas town, parents quickly confiscated all Halloween candy and turned it all over to the police. I could just imagine how pissed these kids were like when the lab tested the pixie stick they discovered that the top two inches of candy had been replaced with cyanide potassium then re-stapled shut which was why it was so difficult for the kids to open it because i mean it do have like a little fake staple in it but they saying this man used like the office staples to staple it shut and i i don't know what kid he thought was gonna open that on their own 
So after they discovered the pixie sticks had cyanide, potassium, they went ahead and tested all other types of candy. However, it was soon determined and confirmed that no other pieces of candy in the community had been tainted or tampered with. So at this moment, they had to have a question. Ronald, like, yo, where did your son get these pixie sticks? Like, can you let us know what house you got them from? Yeah, Ronald was playing dummy the fool, okay? He ain't know nothing. Don't ask him nothing. He don't know nothing. Um, But that wasn't a really satisfiable answer for the police because they was like, bro, this your son. You care or not? Like, tell us, tell us how you really feel because you ain't all distraught and tearing up in the hospital. Y'all done buried the man already, you feel me? And according to your family, the church, and the community, you wasn't even that shaken up at the funeral. So, you need to let us know something. Like, at least tell us where you got the candy from. He gave him a random street, y'all. Try again, mother sucker. Then he gave them a random house. Try again, mother sucker. And then finally, he took them to the house where the kids left too early. But he said he couldn't really see a face, but the arm was hairy. So police looked up the homeowner's name and pulled up on Bray. But he had a solid alibi. Shotty was at work. Like, worked the full shift at the Hobby Airport, right? And his wife and his daughter was at the crib, but they had stopped handing out candy about an hour before the O'Briens even left their house because they were running low on candy into the rain. So they decided to shut shop. So nobody came to their door at all. So when the police figured that out, they like, yo, where did these pixie sticks come from? And he was like, I, I, I don't know. I told you. Like, I told you. I got them from there. So the police decided to look into Ronald O'Brien some more. The investigators soon realized that not only was the pixie sticks tainted, but the milk wasn't so clean in the O'Brien household. My buddy Ronald couldn't hold down no job he was slick a bum he went through 21 jobs and i'm sitting here confused because you know them baby boomers be quick to tell us that we don't hold down no job longer than two years but this man couldn't hold down no job longer than two months it seemed like this man ain't had no money he had about a hundred thousand in debt and how in the 70s bro not only is this man broke as fuck he got a job, but on the verge of getting fired for fraud, from stealing from his job, being investigated for that, they realized that he done picked up a random new hobby. He like chemistry or something, all of a sudden. He asking his clients, who's a chemist, how much cyanide would it take to kill a person? Bitch, that's not a normal question. Of course, that's that's the number one witness right there. Why'd you even ask that dumbass question? That's like going to Google with that question. Now, I know Google didn't exist back then, but eyewitnesses were relied heavily on <laughs> back then. He going to visit, you know, shops and warehouses trying to price the work. <laughs> Warehouse ain't selling less than five pounds. You got the money or not? Nah? He said, Nah, he ain't had the money. But as he's still researching on how to get his hands on cyanide, he's working the other side by. 
putting insurance policies on his family. His wife was about to get a life insurance policy and they had an appointment, but it eventually got canceled because he was broke and they didn't have the money for the premiums. But, you know, it don't cost much to get children's life insurance. So this man get about a total of $60,000 worth of life insurance on his kids. Child, do y'all not know? His son died Halloween night, Thursday. Probably was time of death, like around nine something. Do y'all not know by the next morning, Friday, 9 a.m., he called the insurance company trying to figure out how to cash that check in? Sir, that's your son. Is you kidding me right now? You looking, you looking like you did it. And... Y'all, he did it. He did it. The police soon arrested him on November 5th, 1974. And he maintained his innocence the whole time he was in jail. And his wife was trying to hold the shit down. You feel me? She was visiting weekly, you know. And he, he giving her that good jail talk. But by the time the trial came, Shotty was not going for it. Because she testified against him. Along with them them eyewitnesses, you know, with the who seen him trying to get cyanide at first. But... During trial, I will say there was a lack of physical evidence. Like, they got a knife from his home that had a powder substance on it, but when it was tested, it was the pixie stick powder, not cyanide. Um, they never determined where he got cyanide from. So, it's looking real circumstantial based on his behavior. He was found guilty. He was definitely found guilty. And he was actually the first man sentenced to death by lethal injection under the new texas law and that's wild to me because okay it's a very heinous crime like you killed your child you you kind of do deserve to die but in the sense of the law one death does not seem like it equates to the death penalty like if they said they got him on capital murder and like attempted murder charges for the other children he attempted to give the pixie sticks to, then I could go with the whole, yeah, kill that man. But he was a deacon in his church. And even though he was a scammer, he was fraudulent, he could have at least gotten life in prison instead of being sentenced to death. I just feel like he could have been rehabilitated. I mean, he had to deal with the 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 guilt of killing his son for the rest of his life. I feel like that would have been enough. If he would have killed himself, okay. But the government killing him, ugh. Whew. Anyways. On March 31st, 1984, Ronald O'Brien ate a well-done steak. Terrorist. Who the fuck? A well-done steak. I mean, I knew he knew he was about to die, so he didn't care about how long that was going to sit in his stomach. And he ain't really care about if he was going to have to pass that. But well-done steak, bro. Like, your teeth. Mmm. You just, mmm. Medium me, please. And a Boston cream pie. And for his last words, he asks for God's forgiveness for us all. And sir, do not include me in your sins. I know one sin is not greater than the next sin. Words, my man. But your sins need to be forgiven on a whole different level of mind. Okay. He was pronounced dead at 1248 a.m. And a crowd of spectators who were awaiting the announcement of his death yelled 
Trick or treat! So, I posed a question for my followers with no context. And I had to ask. What occurrence made you realize that Halloween was not a holiday for kids? Like, what moment was it that made Halloween lose its childlike quality to you? So, I'm going to start this off by answering myself, right? I have never finished the movie it the original it and because i've never finished the original i've never had the desire to see the remake i have a innate fear of clowns and my family is well aware so i was about six years old after a long night of trick-or-treating with my cousins and their friends and with me being the smallest i was asleep in the back of the station wagon um just laying down not in the seat seat belts you know back then we didn't really care about seat belts <laughs> um but i was asleep and i was somehow awoken out of my sleep and as i looked up one of my cousins had the it mask on their face. And when I say I've never screamed <laughs> so bad, like I actually never went trick-or-treating again until my younger brother was about seven, eight, and I had to accompany him. So I was about 15 by that time. And even then, my brother would tell you he doesn't like trick-or-treating because in our neighborhood, he saw some little kids get robbed for their candy by some big kids. And at that moment, it ain't worth it. My mama can buy the candy. <laughs> I did have a few funny comments from my followers. Shine Earth Angel 76 said, when the adults do more and celebrate it more than the kids. And remember I said that, like, it, it's a holiday for adults at this point in life, right? Jackson underscore four underscore life said, I was 17 and saw a sexy cat with double D's at my friend's Halloween party and didn't want candy after that. <laughs> Amani's Honey said, my first Halloween in college. That right there is enough said, sis. I could just imagine. And Jasmine T19 said, when sick people started drugging the candy. And if you recall, I asked these questions with no context. So receiving that comment made me realize how the case of Ronald O'Brien, the original Candyman, not the cult classic Candyman in our black culture, but the original Candyman dubbed by the media is the longest game of telephone to have ever existed. In the past 46 years, there has not been one legitimate case of a person poisoning candy to harm random children. When you take the time to reflect on the theme I identified earlier in this episode, childhood, you would have realized how Halloween has lost its childlike quality a long time ago for many people, especially the town of Pasadena in Texas. I mean, for Timothy, his childhood ended that night. For the surrounding children, they didn't get to celebrate Halloween for some years to come. Elizabeth O'Brien was still a victim of her father because she has to deal with the thought for the rest of her life that her father tried to kill her on Halloween night. We have to do our best to protect our children during these times. And if we have to continue to spread the rumor of maybe the candy might be tainted, 
I'll take that hit. I mean, I don't mind checking the chocolate for my kids anyways. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening and make sure you follow me on IG, Anchor.fm, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts at Cloudy Conclusions.